Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Absolutely, yes, I trust you implicitly. Oh, implicitly. Ooh, that's yes. what he said. <laughs> Every time I throw in a big word. A big, right. a big girl big word. $25 words. And you yeah. are the big $25 word of the day. Brains, <laughs> right there. That's my guest, <laughs> Diane Ackett. It rhymes yes, with jacket. Yes. <laughs> she taught Listen, me. Listen, it, it took me three weeks to learn how to pronounce it. And it was only, I think, a couple of a month or so ago when I happened to be online and I and I put the name in, how do you pronounce Hackett's? Or somebody came up with it. Hackett's rhymes with jackets. I'm like, okay. See how <laughs> smart that is, brains. You gotta you gotta do name, uh name face or name object association. You really yeah. do. Because I'm getting, I get bad about that. Uh I'm really good with remembering uh people's faces, mm-hmm. but their names. And right. that is such a powerful tool, a networking tool that is unbelievable. But we're going to talk about a lot of things here on the Edge Brains. Yes, I'm going to show you where you are. It says, hello, Brains. I'm speaking to you first. We are right here at the place where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Today, we are going to go inside our bodies, our heads, and we're going to talk about diabetes. Well, I'm self-disclosing. I'm on metformin. I am a pre-diabetic. Numbers stay really good, though. I stay below that. But that 1AC is a cold piece. I know it's weight. (laughs) I know that everyone in my family has been diagnosed as a diabetic. It is an epidemic in the Black and Hispanic community, but now it's really raising a lot of cane in the Asian community as well. Where, Absolutely. You know, where carbohydrates, I mean, they eat rice with pretty much every meal. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at how we are able to maintain and sustain. But I'm going to also ask her some tough questions about the person that's not going to be so lucky, about the amputee, about the kidney disorder, about the brain about the loss of vision, because diabetes is no joke. It's not just a little extra sugar in your coffee. It is where the glucose does not break down in the body, and it affects every organ of your body. And it is very, very dangerous, and people figure, well, you know, I can take a little bit more insulin here, or I can take two pills instead of one. Uh, You can't uh, juggle with this. People say that, you know, you can return, you can uh, reverse the uh, diabetes and some of the symptoms, but that's work. And it's an everyday lifestyle change. So let's welcome our amazing guest today to talk about all that and then some. Diane Atkins, how are you? Oh, April, thank you for that wonderful introduction. And I am so proud of you for putting that all out there right up front because you are absolutely 100% correct. And I love that I'm, you know, hopefully getting an an opportunity to tell a little bit of of my story and what I believe. And I like that you said you can reverse diabetes because you can reverse type two diabetes, but you cannot cure it. And I think people, some people believe when they get that A1C down, that they can go back to eating the way they did before and doing the things they did before. And you can't do it because you're still diabetic. So that's an important thing I like to get across to people right off the bat. It can't be cured. But you don't have to let diabetes have you. You can learn to control it, to manage it. And that's what I'm all about. And when I'm working with type 2 diabetics, it's all about management. Well, tell us a little bit about your story. Well, as I mentioned before, I believe that when you're diagnosed with a disease, your attitude is everything. Um, 
you can um, decide that the disease has you or you can de decide to manage it. And when I got the diagnosis, which was the end of January in 2015, um, I, was, I was shocked, although seriously, I should not have been because my dad was a type two diabetic and he was um, diagnosed when he was in his forties. And I thought, oh, well, every decade that goes by that I'm not diagnosed as a diabetic, I'm, I'm good, I'm good to go, I'm safe. It can't happen to me. Even though I had doctors telling me, you're really getting, you know, your sugar levels are too high. You need to cut back, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I thought, okay, I can, you know, sure. I can do that. And, and when I left the doctor's office, I had every intention of doing all those things. But then, you know, life comes along and next thing you know, I'm not doing any of that stuff. So it was quite a shock. I'm, I'm you know, not gonna lie, I was shocked. And I actually felt doomed um, because at that point I was just wallowing in all of it. And I was like, I wallowed for about two days and then it became boring because let's face it, two days of nothing but wallowing, you know, is just, just too boring. And I thought, okay, this has got to stop. Now I'm going to move forward. I'm going to see what I can do. So, um, you know, I had the, the, uh, the um, prescription for the metformin and I had a, a recommendation or a, a referral from the doctor to go in to have, uh, to attend the diabetic education classes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So left with that made the appointments, set up the classes. So that was fine, but that was it. I mean, doctors can't spend a whole lot of time. Your average doctor spends about 15 minutes with the patient, with this patient. And when you have something as complicated as diabetes, there's so many questions that you have. And some of them, you don't even know what you have. And you don't even hear what the doctor is telling you half the, half the time because you're thinking, Oh my God, what's going to happen to me? It's a death sentence, you know. Exactly. It's, it's how I felt at the time. And I was, I knew what my dad had uh, gone through. He had amputations. Some of his toes amputated. He had kidney disease. He had heart disease. And whether or not he was going to have those diseases anyway, the diabetes made it worse. And he was by then, you know, had been on insulin for first oral medications and then insulin for a good 40 years. But it's very it's a very insidious disease and it does damage that you're not even aware of until it happens. And then you're like, oh my God, what, if, you know, what have I done? What have I done? So the first thing that I did was um, I decided I, I really needed to get control of this and I wanted to do it, find a natural way to do it if possible. And I had joined, um, weight, an online weight loss group, which was, it was nice. It was, you know, the commiseration and it was the, you know, people. Uh, you know, I love that word to commiseration. I yeah. Love yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but I found, and I started tracking my food and I thought, well, this is a good thing to do. Track your food. And then I became totally obsessed with food. I was obsessed with tracking. I was obsessed. I was reading about it. I was thinking about it. I was talking about it every day. I was looking at recipes. I was trying to remake recipes it became an absolute obsession and that's not good either. You can't just go off on a tangent, but boy, I sure did. So I finally, and I also started to exercise because I was really in out of shape. I mean, I couldn't walk a half block without stopping two times to catch my breath. It was sad. It was really, really sad. And it was all on me. This is what I had done to myself. I mean, I had fibromyalgia, too, but the diabetes just made everything worse. So I started walking and then I started um, lifting some weights, started strength training, I went to the gym, started doing that. And I, be I became, I think just aware, more aware of my body and what, what I wanted to feel like. I really paid attention for, for once. And um, I even, uh, a couple of friends even convinced, we even decided to go to Zumba classes together. Hmm. So we did, we, we went to Zumba classes and boy, that was fun. It's all you know, the music and the movement and the dancing. And, you know, it was great. I had a great time. And 
my, you know, all my numbers came down, you know, the weight came down, the blood pressure, daily blood pressure, uh, blood, not pressure, blood sugar results were, were coming down. The A1C came down till I was below a six. And if you're below a six percentage of the, with the A1C, then you're not considered to be diabetic. But I already knew, okay, yeah, this looks good now, but if I want to keep it that way, I have to continue to do what I was doing, I was eating, you know, whole foods, seasonal foods, um, foods with, with minimal or no processing, all of that kind of stuff. And at first, when I thought about all the foods, I thought I had to give up. It was like really depressing. And then I thought, wait a minute, I'll bet I can find some alternatives. So I looked at the alternatives for white flour. I looked at the alternatives for white sugars and I found them, natural alternatives, no chemicals. And it really made, it made such a big difference. It really changed. And I remember after about a year or so, we had been in the doctor's office, my husband and I, because he's type diabetic also. We were in the, in, in the doctor's office and his A1C was at nine. And I looked at my husband and I said, that's it. We're not needing, we're talking about all white foods. That's it. No flour, no sugar. We are cutting it all out. And he looked at me like, yeah, okay, sure. That's, you know, he, he heard it, it didn't sink in. And after a week of not having any white sugar or white flour, the sugar was the important part. He came, it was after only one week. He came over work one night and he looked really angry. And I said, what's the matter? What happened? I said, he says, I'm, I'm really upset. I said, what did I do? Are you upset with me? What, why are you upset? He said, Guys, somebody brought in chocolate cake at work today. And I had just a, just cut myself a really little slice because I really wanted this chocolate cake. And I took one bite and then I had to spit it out. I had to throw the rest of it away. Yeah. It was too change. sweet. And I said, and I mean, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say, well, do one of those, oh, I told you so things. But I told you oh, so. Oh, well, well, you're better than me because I'll quit to tell you, I told you so. And tell you how many times I told you. I want to I want to touch on a couple of things that you said. Sure. Uh, amputations. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law went through hell with his diabetes to the point where they told him they were going to amputate his penis. Oh my gosh. He died shortly after that. He said he was going oh, to die with some, some dignity. Well, it had dried up like the toes and the fingers. And... When you're on dialysis, I don't know this for everybody because I've never been on dialysis, but you don't urinate. And so, you know, and so I'm sure he wasn't knocking boots either. Uh, So it was a lot. So it it devastated him mentally. Let's talk about diet. I just came Mm -hmm. from Europe. And the Mediterranean diet is exactly what you said, but brains, you can incorporate that. There's a few things that I learned that I love about them. Number one, it's from farm to table. Yes, it's ma'am. not. It's not from the farm. That's sprayed with the chemicals. That's put on the truck. That's put in the produce department. That's put on the shelf. That you buy. That you don't wash off. Okay, I wash everything off with a little bit of Dawn or vinegar and water before it touches my skillet and before it touches my palate. Perfect. Um, also, it is a lot of olive oil. I thought yes. olive oil was greasy at first, but I've brought back these olive oils. And let me tell you, brains, that's something you want to invest in. Absolutely. In, and you put a little bit in there and it absorbs into the food. It's not the grease that these canola oils or other processed oils are. It's a lot of tomatoes. Some people can't t- handle the tomatoes because of the acid, but there's so many different varieties like cucumbers. There's so many different varieties that would reduce that. There is a lot of cheese. Now, you know, you got to weigh that. Is this cholesterol, uh, you know, going towards my heart? So you have to manage that. Uh, It's a lot of balsamic vinegar, not all creamy dressings. And as I can't say enough, it is from farm to table. So they shop every three or four days. Versus we go to the big box stores and shop. I know I was doing it. Shop for a month and put everything in the freezer. Well, you know, that that animal was dead five weeks before it got to the store. 
and cured and all this type of other stuff. Where you go into these, uh, you go into the grocery stores, Diane, there is not a fly to be found. And we're talking about- That's a good point. There's fresh kill. You got olive oils out there. You got the sweet peaches out there. You have all this. There's no flies. There's no stench. So that's letting me know that what is what we are consuming is a part of what's killing us. Absolutely. We don't drink enough. We don't drink enough water. We want these syrupy drinks and that thing you call sugar. When I was in China. We're at the table and the uh, the waitress comes over. Everybody orders a carbonated drink. And I said, oh, no, thank you. Uh, I, I prefer to drink water. She says, ah, you are the first American that does not enjoy the sweet poison. Mm. Yeah, truer words. And when she <laughs> said sweet words. Po- when I look at sugar, and so I've learned to drink my tea. Without sugar, I've learned that if I'm going to put some creamer in my coffee, I don't need additional sugar. But there has to be a preservative in these shelf life foods and brains is salt or sugar. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so proud of you. You are, you really got it. Yeah, well, I got it, but, but is it working for me? Because again, I'm on metformin and my A1C is stabilized, but it's not coming down. And you know what that is? It's the weight. It is the way, because again, I love to luxuriate and you uh, ladies that or gentlemen that like to have a cocktail, believe and know that that alcohol that you are consuming, consuming turns right to sugar. Yeah, it's really interesting that um, before I took a course in macronutrients, I didn't realize that alcohol was actually considered one of the macros. Mm. Because it it you can count it as a sugar as carbohydrate, you can count it as a fat, you can count it as a combination of the two. So, and of course, every t- whenever you drink alcohol, it takes longer for your for your liver to um, to metabolize that. So it's it's going to be more difficult. So drink it. it I always say to people, if you're going to drink alcohol. Consider it whether you're going to count it as a carb or a fat or a combination and work that into your food plan. Well, you know, there's some people that work it into their everyday. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's their motif. So that's, you know, and it's self-medicating because mm-hmm. of the pain that they experience. Let's talk about the, the person that's on dialysis, you know, kidney disease. My mother was uh, on insulin for a very long time and she developed kidney disease and normally you're going to see signs of both because the kidneys are, you know, helping filter that as well as the pancreas. Yes. And it's not getting through. And so it's doing damage. My mm-hmm. mother had her come to Jesus meeting. She said she was not going to do dialysis. And she went a long time without not having to do that. But that's not going to be for everybody. Right. Uh, as I said, you know, when you go through dialysis and, and depending on how severe it is, you don't urinate anymore. Uh, and so, again, that's damage to the kidneys. There uh, are so many destructive things that can happen to the body. And I'm going to tell my black brothers and sisters, it ain't just a little bit of sugar. It's more than that. This is where these compounds are not breaking down. They are causing spikes. They are causing blockage. They are causing deterioration, again, to your eyes, your heart, your every aspect of your body. And so that what is, are we going to do? To, to What are we going to do? Because we love that. You know, sweet, I, instead of making sweet, sweet candy yams, now I just parade mine like uh, mashed potatoes and put a little brown sugar and put a, a little butter. And it's as good as a candy yam. A candy yam, to make the candy yam, is almost a cup of pure sugar. That's right. That's right. And one of the things I found really easy to use, I said, we, for substitutes, we don't use any white sugar ever. Um, but I really like monk fruit. You get granulated monk fruit. And they even have like, they, they call it, it's, it's a, like a golden color. It's kind of like you can use it if you were going to use it in a dish that called for, in a recipe that called for brown sugar. But monk fruit, um, stevia, stevia, some oh, people, like yeah, I, I can't. I like I, taste for me. Yeah, I can't really do stevia unless it's 
combined with and let me tell you something else you want to be aware of is agave oh yeah that baby agave will have you agave will have you on the toilet like no other yeah no agave is not a good substitute for for and metformin metformin you got to take it right because if you skip it it is also a diuretic when your body has to to uh, metabolize this. You need mm-hmm. to be consistent. The body is looking, uh, is on a time clock. Right. And that time Absolutely. clock is waiting for this mess because I was bad at that. I was like, oh, I, you know, I took my medicine. Oh, I didn't take it out of that. And I'm saying to myself, the body is saying, hey, look, I'm waiting for this foreign object. <laughs> you know, I, I'm all set up. I'm ready to, you know, dilute it. You take it with food. You take it with plenty of water. You have to be conscious. You have to be an advocate for your own health. You can't depend Absolutely. on Diane or the doctors or or that. This is about you. Do you know? Like she said, the doctor only sees you for 15 minutes. Right, and and the things, and and the drug companies, big farmers pushing pills at us every single second of every day. You can't look at a television show, uh, a commercial, or read a magazine without having these drugs uh, advertisements pop out at you with side effects that are worse than the actual disease you're trying to cure. So I'm all for, you know, for doing as many natural things as you can do. Um, Don't misunderstand, Western medicine has a place, but you really need to bring in some of that Eastern medicine and, and use, you know, the different um, things that, that are natural and, and, can de- and have been proven to help. And if you're going to take some sort of a supplement, do your research to find out that the ingredients in this supplement, whether it's, um, whether it's an herb or whatever it is, do your due diligence, due diligence, excuse me, to make sure that it really is something pure something not gmo not genetically mod- modified right um something that is organic and i i i know now that when you first when we first heard about organic foods everybody kind of went oh this is just too woo woo you know that kind of thing oh yeah it's okay you don't really need um organic foods just go ahead and buy what you're doing you know and whatever but the truth is the organic foods are more nutritious. So when you look at your food as fuel rather than just, yep. I, you know what? I'm going to agree or disagree with you on not all of that. No. Organic is beautiful, it. but organic is trickery. Just like when you go down and you see salt-free, fat-free, cholesterol-free, no uh, gluten. It is a marketing ploy and strategy. Okay. I'm glad you said that. It's big business. So what yes. you do, brains, is you go to a store. Look, you spend money on shoes, purses, spend some money on your gut. Yes, I go to damn. the butcher I go to the butcher shop where I know that these uh the, the lamb I get or the chicken that I get or the fish I get is corn fed and processed because I'm paying more. Okay. Right. I used to love chicken livers and rice. Can't find them now because of the unethical treatment of animals. They're not separating the livers anymore. Uh, hmm. But talk about the produce. You're going to pay a little bit more if you go to a Trader Joe's or a Sprouts or a, a fresh, even a, a fresh um, farmer's market and wash the product off. Exactly. And you don't have to buy or anything that's organic. You don't have to buy an organic melon for instance because you're not going to eat the rind of the melon so you you scrub it all off as the best you can before you even cut it and then you remove the you know the 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 flesh from the rind and that's what you eat it doesn't have to be organic there are i think there there are some foods that you want to buy organic because they grow um in such a way that if the soil is is in has been had um chemicals put on it to kill, you know, disease or whatever they use. Um, you know, that's, that's when you want to look for organic foods, like celery, for instance, that's a good example. Um, and even carrots and potatoes, it's good if you can get them organic because sometimes you're not going to peel the skin off of those things. Right. You might scrub them, you know. And the thing, tomatoes, 
Yeah. The, the Europeans there, I bet you there's 50 different types of tomatoes. Oh, but yes. What they find is the alkaline in the water and also the volcanic ash gives them a certain type of flavor, a certain type of growth. It's fun. Put you some, I mean, tomatoes grow like grapes, like wow. Oh, yeah. Get, put a little a pot out on your patio. And They're grow so your easy. tomato. Yeah, they, they grow themselves, except for what, I know. Except for the, and the squirrel. I had to have a yes. little fight with the squirrel because he was yeah. he was coming. He was looking as fat as a cat. He was eating everything, strawberries, all that kind of stuff. But it's fun to watch and see how your and what you can do. Like you said, celery. Cut the bottom off and just plant it. But also, I want people to be aware of gene- genetically modified grains. Yes, and wheat. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Monsanto, bless their heart. I'm not going to get on their case. I'm going to let y'all investigate that. Yeah. But has changed the rice and the wheat composition to where now we are seeing where this was totally uh, a part of the Asian culture. We are now seeing that culture and that community being impacted by diabetes where that was never the case before. That's right. Absolutely. So I love jasmine rice or brown rice. I didn't like brown rice at first, but when you Google it, find a couple different recipes. Figure oh, out yeah. figure out how to use it. Uh, pasta, everyone says, oh, stay away from pasta. That's all they eat in Europe. Every day there is some pasta something, and you're not seeing it. Smoking also. Let's talk about smoking and diabetes. Oh, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of like one of those subjects you're like, oh, don't get me started on smoking <laughs> kind of thing because... And, you know, they, you're not, your arteries aren't clogged with fat and cholesterol in Europe, but let me tell you, it's sure enough block with that cigarette smoke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember when um, I was about, I can't remember how old I was. I think I may have been like 12 or 13. My dad at the time was smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, he would shut the front door. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He would get up in the middle of the night. My mom told me this. He would get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and light up on his way into the bathroom. I mean, how that is so extreme. I I can't believe how shocked I was to hear that. And you know what made him quit? You're going to love this. When they, when the price of a pack of cigarettes cost more than 25 cents a pack, that's when he quit. He didn't quit for his health. He quit for his wallet. Wow. Well, let me tell you why I quit. So, you know, I was never really a heavy smoker. I was one of those think you cute smokers. Or when I get stressed out, I was, yeah. you know, I could have a pack and the pack probably goes stale. But one time I had separated myself from smoking and I was annoyed. I said, let me go get a cigarette. Diane, I had an allergic reaction to the cigarette. No kidding. I had never, my mouth swole up. There was blisters, every endorphin of my body. I was shaking. I was trembling. And it was the same menthol, mentholated pack that I had been smoking on and off for years. And I had my come to Jesus meeting. And I said, Lord, if you let me get through this today, my tongue swole up. I said, you ain't ever got to worry about me. And when people, secondhand smoke, when they were smoking in Europe, you should have seen me and Mr. Magnificent trying to scurry to get away. Oh, yes. Yes. I agree with that. It 100%. Is, it, it, I'm telling you, Brains, I, you know, don't mother me, don't lecture me. Well, then turn off now. <laughs> because that's exactly where I'm going because I care about you and I love you. And your heart and your lungs and you have one of them respiratory issues. I was like, what is in these cigarettes? This is the same after after I had paid $7.50 for a pack. Whoa. And in Canada, they don't even have them in the concession stores. They have them in the pharmaceutical department behind the counter. Oh my and goodness. the pictures and the images on the cigarette packs are so toxic that you just walk right past them. So there is a deterrent, but people are looking for comfort. They don't realize that also the amount of stress that you are under mentally, financially, emotionally, relationship will cause your sugar to go through the roof. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. 
because the stress causes causes you to produce more cortisol mm -hmm. in your body, which is a hormone. And that we talk, you want to talk about a direct, um, well, you can't just lost the word in my head. <laughs> Sorry about Relation. that. Yeah, it's, it's just, um, the more core, the more stress you have, the more cortisol you produce, the more difficult it is for your body to use any insulin that you're still producing. It is just the worst thing. Cortisol is one of the worst things you can do to yourself and you're doing it because like what you said, you're stressed because your job for money reasons, relationships, there's, you know, a laundry list of stress causing activities in this world today mm -hmm. because people are not taking enough time to just breathe. And I'm not talking either just to stay alive. I'm talking what you call belly breathing is instead of inflating your lungs, you, know, you breathe through your, watch your abdomen, you watch your belly, you know, rise and fall with your breath. Take those deeper, take those deep four seconds to breathe in, four seconds to hold, four seconds to breathe out. Take those kinds of, of breaths that will absolutely, it works at reducing tension. Something so simple that everybody that's alive can do. Well, almost everybody, we do know there are people that have trouble breathing but if you're not hooked up to any kind of machine that's doing the breathing for you learn to breathe learn to take that was those the very breaths. first gift that our creator gave us mm -hmm. breath of life was the breath of life and people don't honor themselves forget the outside influence and i know that overeating you know because again i mm -hmm. like to luxuriate I am not, I never thought I was a stress eater, but when I get mad, I go, Let me, shoot, you just walk, you just happen to walk past the refrigerator and there's a cookie. <laughs> and, and that's the only thing that seems to satisfy you is something <laughs> sweet or right. these carbonated drinks. Right. Now, we are hardwired to, to be attracted to sweet things. That's just the way well, humans sweet, are hardwired. That's why they call it the sweet poison. Sugar is addicting. And we don't yes. think it's addicting because it lays well on the palate. But I was looking at something I was drinking or something somebody was drinking. And I looked at the contents and I looked at the, the label. Learn to read the labels, brains. It's not easy. People think, oh, you just read the labels. Well, you have to understand what, what uh, corn fructose syrup is. That's worse <laughs> than regular sugar. Absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know? another thing. So get me on my get me on my soapbox about that high fructose corn syrup. Yeah, it it you know it's uh and it is a marketing game because again it's supply and demand. What you feed your kids? I got on a, a one of my uh, mentees case because her baby's teeth are rotten, oh, oh and goodness. they're rotten, and so the formative teeth below that are going to be rotten too. Oh, he lays the baby down with something to su sweet all just to pacify the baby. Lay the baby down with some water. But you know, when they're young, when you when you're young and that baby's crying and getting on your nerves, you will give them anything to lay them down. But realize that you are doing them a disservice. Plus, she was addicted to soda pop while she oh, was pregnant. Yeah. So this is all it's all epigenetics. It is mm -hmm. a generational trauma. It's also epigenetics, like I said, in the black community, because as slaves, we were given the scraps, the chicken feet, the 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 uh, the intestines of the pig, uh, the uh, and, and we made it into a delicacy. Yeah, right. Uh, we made it into what we still eat now and consider soul food. But you can still have those collard greens and you don't have to have pork fat in it. You can use vegetable broth, which is equally as good. Experiment with foods. If you don't particularly like the taste, I get it. Don't eat it. Or try to prepare it a different kind of way. I wasn't a big fan of zucchini or, or Brussels sprouts. You know, but I love them steamed. Uh, I'm learning how to roast them. There's different options. It's fun, Brains, to understand where your food's coming from, but also to know what it's doing to the inside of us. It's Absolutely, us. yes. Gut health is so important, and most people don't realize that 
they look at themselves and of course when you look in the mirror all you see is your image your physical image you don't get to see what's happening inside underneath your skin and i you know it's it, it's i think if more people had a chance to look at some of these images to see what's actually going on to see the fat that's layered around their internal organs you know to see all the damage that's being done i think you know it Maybe it would wake them up. I don't know. Some people, I despair of them ever waking up to the truth of what's really going on. Well, the truth truth will set you free and they figure, well, you know, medication. But the cost of insulin, did you see that trickery? Did you see that big pharma, how they raised the cost of insulin to the point where the federal government had to intervene? Yes. So now they've got you addicted to it too. Yeah, it's sinful because insulin is very is something that's very easy to make, and we, uh, people that are dependent on insulin are just being ripped off left and right by big pharma. It's it's a sin. It's really a sin, and that's another subject I get very upset about. Um, because well, once your body vital. stops, when you yeah, when your body stops making insulin, you do need it. So it's not. It's, and, and that's where you, you run into problems, right? I read all the time about people that are on fixed incomes and they can't buy food because they have to have their medicine or they, they don't buy, or, or they buy, the, um, they, they buy the, the food to eat and don't buy the medication because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Or they buy the wrong foods, or don't the wrong, take yeah. it seriously, and then they go, okay, well, I, I'll give myself a little bit more of you know insulin uh, yeah yes the third the 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 three versus the five the on versus the n and all this kind of stuff or these Mm -hmm. epi you know or the or the pins brains we say all of this because we are there we're not talking at you we're talking with you absolutely i've been through all i know all the pain points i've been there and i've been there as an older individual so no one I absolutely don't buy anybody excuse to say when they come up to me and they say, Oh, I'm too old to whatever it is. No, you are not too old. Your age is on your birth certificate. Doesn't mean that you have to be that age inside your brain. So you're not too old because I'm proof that it's, it's possible. You can turn it, you can turn your health around. You be, you can become, healthy you can feel better you can have more energy it does take a few a, a little bit of work but there are in all simple, honesty in all, in all honesty you can see a change in 45 days yeah absolutely you absolutely. can see a, you can see a change in 45 days i'm going to give you my top three suggestions and then diane's going to give you her top three suggestions on how you can start this number one keep a food journal Ooh, I did, I did that, Diane. I was mortified. One day, you talk about your dad smoking five packs of cigarettes. I had put 45 things in my mouth. Wow. 45. Wow. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, what? And I count, okay, each cookie is one thing. And each refill of beverage was one thing. And chewing gum. You forget that there's sugar and all that kind of stuff. If you have a mint, if you have a chocolate, if you have a potato chip, 45 things in my mouth. I was ashamed of myself. Yes, I was. The next day, it was 30. (laughs) But it was 15 less things. And then I got it down to where it was manageable. And I started to look at it and I held myself accountable. So one thing is to keep a food journal. Number two, Move it or lose it. You don't have to be at the gym. Everybody's not into the gym. You know what I started doing? I got a hula hoop. And I go out there and I put on my headphones. I feel like I'm 12 years old again. The little neighbor down the street, I played hopscotch with her. Uh, my girlfriend, they have a double Dutch team. You know, oh, and they, yeah, that's they're, awesome. They're 60 years old and they, they get down. They have a double Dutch team. So you can do, you can dribble a basketball, you can walk, you can, you know, again, park your car further in the parking lot, which will probably do you good and walk. So move it or lose it. And then my third thing is 
Start to care about yourself. Start to really care about yourself and say, you know what? This is something that I want to change. What are your top three, Diane? Well, they're, the first two are pretty much right on with you um, about keeping, you know, tracking your food. I just take it one step further and I give my clients, I show them how, how to count macronutrients and how it is actually more reliable in lowering your blood, your blood sugars and your A1C than just counting calories. It's easier than counting, counting calories as well. And you get to see exactly what you're putting in your body when you're looking at the, 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 uh, the macronutrients that it contains, the protein, the fats, the fiber. You don't have to get ridiculous about it. You don't have to know a whole lot to be able to count your macronutrients. And they're on every single label. It's either ounces, um, but you're counting macronutrients, it's in grams. And every food label has the amount of protein in grams. Uh, all of the things that the food, you know, the, the carbohydrates. Uh, another thing too, don't be afraid of carbohydrates because you, your body, your brain needs carbohydrates. Your brain needs carbohydrates. And then this, the other thing that I would say about movement, absolutely whatever you can do. If you can't go outside to walk, walk around your house. Right. If you can't, if you live in a, have a small space that you live in, go out in the hall and do your, do the steps, just move. If you have one of those big, um, Exercise balls, you know, like a Swiss ball or whatever, you know, sometimes they're called Swiss balls. I just say exercise ball, bounce on it. You'd be surprised how much fun it is to bounce on an exercise ball in time to some really good music. Put on the stones, put on something with a real beat and bounce to it. It's fun and it gets your heart rate up. You want to get your heart rate up. You want to get it pumping. Don't forget. And then to breathe while you're exercising. I started actually working out with the lady that's working out on TV. <laughs> sometimes, oh my gosh. We there, sometimes we lay there like lunch meat and like a big <laughs> old piece of bologna and look at her do all the exercise. If you are not ambulatory and you are okay from this point up, you can still yep. work this part of your body. Absolutely. Uh, I, I found that I was having a huge amount of swelling in my legs. I was getting scared. Oh. And uh, my ankles had turned to cankles. And I was like, this is not cute in a pair of stilettos. What I did was I bought one of those just half bicycle peddlers. And I, oh, they're as, fun. I yes. as I sit here at my desk, I turn on mm -hmm. some music and I start pedaling. I am one of those too. They're fun. They are fun. Yes. And they're not that expensive. But no, I they're not. One last thing before we, we conclude. Oh, I just I want to add one more thing. Water. Drink half your body weight in ounces of water and it you, know, you don't have to drink it all at one time and if you don't like water put a little slice of lemon in there but drink water, water. all day long that's what we did when we were uh in europe because you have to buy a packet if you want a carbonated drink mm -hmm. and sometimes i you know sometimes i like a little uh little soda I, I don't deprive myself of that all the time, but it's not like it was where there's two liters in my house. Oh no. Right. I don't do. And also these, uh, uh, cranberry drinks or, you know, I don't want to get in trouble by calling anybody out, but y'all know who they are. What I do now is I dilute it. Yes. When I Brilliant. was on a cruise yes. ship, you had an opportunity to have these beverages, but the beverages were mixed with water. And I found that it was so much better than a carbonated thing that's going to cause you to belch, that's going to possibly give you acid reflex, that's going to cause you to inflactuate. That's a pretty word for fart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of these things and also the sugar. Two-thirds of that beverage, look at it, brains. Look at the serving size. Look how much sugar in it. And realize that two-thirds or half of that beverage is straight syrup. Now, I want to ask you, okay, I'm sorry, baby. Go ahead, and I'm going to ask you one other thing that's real important. Okay, the other thing I want to say is anybody that would like to work with me, these are the things I talk about, and these are the things I support people in doing, you know, making you know, making sure they understand how important water is. There's, there's so many easy lifestyle changes that you can make 
that are sustainable. And if you want to be around long for a long enough time to play with your, your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren, take a stand for yourself and be your own best health advocate. Mm-hmm. So in closing, I want to ask you two real powerful questions. Number one, what is your position on intermediate fasting? Because I'm going to tell you, brains, uh, it works. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why. Your body needs time to just rest and digest what you've put in it. Those 45 things I kept putting in. My body didn't have time to ingest that. As soon as it ingested something, here comes something else. Here comes something else. Okay, you know, okay, well, do I have to put this in the healthy side or do I have to filter this out through the kidneys or is this going through the pancreas? Is this going out the bowel? Too much going on. 12 hours and do it while you sleep. That's exactly what I was going to add to you. Yeah, do it while you sleep. Exactly. If you get up at 7 o'clock every morning, stop eating at 7 o'clock the night before. Then you're doing your intermittent fasting and it doesn't, you don't even notice it. Because you That's notice when the doctor asks you to take your blood sugar test for your 1AC, they ask you, are you fasting or not fasting? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's a reason for that. Before you go into surgery, are you fasting or not fasting? It's not just the fact that they don't want you to throw up. <laughs> right. They want right. the body to be in a stable, neutral condition. Okay? So that intermediate fast, intermediate fasting can work, but you have to trick yourself. Okay, so it's seven o'clock. I have a, a little sign on my refrigerator that said anything after 8.30 is toxic. There you go. Yeah. And it's a constant it, reminder. And I look at the clock and I was like, oh, shoot. It's eight. Yeah, pick your 12 hours, whichever 12 hours you want. You get to choose which ones you're going to fast during. Well, you know what? Yeah. That I may not totally agree with because the body repairs itself in at night. That, at night. And so the body understands its biological rhythm and clock. And if you don't have a good circadian rhythm where you're not getting the sleep, okay, six hours minimum, I'll handle it. Oh, yeah. But my thing was because I have an international clientele, my sleep was broke up. So I would sleep for four hours. I wasn't not completely uh, sticking to my fasting because I'd be up at two o'clock in the morning. Well, two o'clock in the morning, shoot, make a sandwich, you know? So all of that, it, it goes in alignment. You have to discipline yourself. Discipline is key. Oh yeah. And yeah, there was something else when you talked about, about that, about food and, and properly digesting it. I think a lot, I think there are a lot of people that don't know that digestion begins in your mouth because there are enzymes in your saliva that work on pre on digesting excuse me the foods that you're eating so that's why it's really important to chew at your food thoroughly and you know it's it's really interesting and try this to yourself sometime if you don't believe me i swear it's true if you want to chew your food 20 30 times however many times you decide close your eyes and just concentrate on the on the chewing. And I don't know why this is, but the food tastes better when you're doing that with your eyes closed. Because food don't, don't is ask me why, but it works. Food is yeah. a meditation. My girlfriend yes. took my girlfriend took me and my daughter on a mindful eating dinner. We Ooh. sat at that cotton picking table for three hours. <laughs> Because what we would do is we take a bite, we chew it, we chew it to almost it was liquefied. We put the fork down. Yes. We had extreme conversation. Again, like I said, as I've traveled around the world, you know, when I went to Africa, I went to Asia, they eat family style where there's a big bowl and everybody eats together. You actually eat less. You do. It's so true. Yes. And the food is clean. It is a communion. It is. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend embarrassed me. We're out at the restaurant and she says, could you not inhale your food? (laughs) And I was so embarrassed because I didn't realize that I was eating so fast. And I said to myself, now I'm going to slow down. I'm paying for this table. I'm paying for this service. I'm going to enjoy the experience. Food and is, is a blessing. I want to talk yes. to you about one more thing. 
Okay, yes, so ma'am. now we eat it. Let's talk about cleansing. What is your position on cleansing? Now, I'm about to go over here to a, a store called Sprouts, and I'm going to talk to the nutritionist about um, getting a lymphatic cleanser. Something that I can just kind of put in, you know, some homemade juice. That's another thing I love to juice. When all my produce is kind of going withered, I make a big thing of juice. You, When you eliminate, it doesn't stink, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, boys stink. Yes, boys, I'm calling you out. But you have a good, you have a good drink and you don't even have to use Lysol because you don't have that smell. When you have that smell, you're rotting in the inside brains. There are women that don't eliminate every day. You know, younger women yeah. that go through a menstrual cycle, they don't have a regular elimination unless they're on their menstrual cycle. That's when the body is shedding. So what do you feel about cleansing and, and those type of, of things? I know everybody is different. You know, you got to find what works for you. But what's your position? Yeah, exactly. I've never really done more than maybe a day, you know, of that, you know, of a cleanse where you're just sticking to those liquids, you know, and just like for a day. And I think they have their place. But I also like drinking a glass of uh, warm lemon water first thing in the morning, which is, is helps your body as well. So I think there are, there are ways, there are different ways to, to cleanse or and it depends who you're talking to because some, some people just believe in one way and one way only. Yeah. No. I think I think you're right. You think you have to find what's best for you. And I think you have to really take some time to research exactly what it is first mm-hmm. and what you're trying to fix. And then do what you're and then follow that procedure, that protocol. Right. And again, like I said, you're very right, Diane. You've got to figure out what works for you because I took a cleanse one time and it created like polyps. Um, oh yeah, you know, yeah, it, it was it was pretty intense. So gradually look at your stool. Your stool is your friend. <laughs> it's negative yeah. key. Look at your urine. Pay attention to the smell. You know, that is a key indicator of what you are eliminating. So what you're eliminating is something that you've intake. Right. You know? And also, too, I think my mom, God bless her, she died it was a year ago, the end of August. And she, before she kind of really started paying attention to what we were trying to get her to do as far as eating more regularly, eating, you know, more, more uh, nutritious things, eating more fiber. She thought she couldn't. She, one day she came and she says, I don't understand this because I went to the bathroom. I went like two times there must be something wrong with me i said mom there is nothing wrong if you need to poop more than once a day that's a good thing that's a good, yeah you, you <laughs> that's should a poop. good thing you should yes. poop every time you know you you know two three times a day my thing that uh when my mother passed away we're in the mother mode right now yeah uh, but what i started seeing that really kind of blew my wig back was what she was purging what she couldn't stand to taste which, what what the foods that she didn't like. She would say, ooh, my mother was loved some sugar. Girl, you get her some sweet potatoes. Yeah, oh, my, mom, oh. my mom too. My mother, yeah. uh, at, when she said, she said, ooh, no, that's too sweet. I can't take that. She said, I can't stand the taste of chicken. Loved chicken. She, I was watching what she was extracting from her body as her life was transitioning to the next form. These things were poison. These things were not good for her. They were toxic and they did not need to even be in the shell. And I paid close attention to that. And I looked at her diabetes and I looked at her kidney disease and I looked at her her heart and I looked at all the medications that she took. And at a certain point, she lost her sense of taste and smell. Oh my. So what she would continue to do is she would continue to eat. And what I had to do is be creative to make her food uh, more colorful, to have more texture, to Mm -hmm. still give her some sort of resemblance of what food was like. Then it got to the point where her food was pureed, where she didn't, you know, she wouldn't 
wouldn't want to chew or couldn't chew the food, couldn't swallow the food. Brains, let me tell you, I used to ask her, I said, Mama, how was 90? She told me it was the pits. So I don't want my 90s to be the pits or my 60s or my 50s or my 40s because brains, you don't just get these diseases when you get old, baby. They have Mm. to start from somewhere. And And a lot of times they are genetic. Yes. But we can maintain them. We can hire a great coach like Diane to work with us, to hold our hand, to support us in our efforts that we can reduce this. And again, I say this 100% transparency. Everybody's not going to make it. You might be like my brother-in-law where they're going to have to amputate parts of your body, parts of your soul. But if you can be aware of it, if we can adjust it, if we can grow some tomatoes, if we can go for a walk with our loved ones, if we can find additional recipes, keep a food journal, all these things are not, uh, you know, rocket science. These are things that are manageable and that are doable. And I really, really thank you so much, uh, Diane, for spending so much time bantering. Oh, it's my pleasure, really. This was, this was terrific. And I know a lot of people think they, you know, they don't understand what a health coach does. But if I can share just a really quick analogy, I came up with this a visual. Visualize yourself standing at the, at the one end of a long tunnel. And the tunnel's dark. There's no lights inside. But you can see a nice, you can see the sun shining at the end end of the, tu- of the tunnel, but there are no lights inside the tunnel. What a health coach does is takes your elbow for, and helps to support you and carries the lantern and then walks you every step of the way through your journey till you get to that end of the tunnel. We hold your vision for what you want so that when you're feeling down about it or you don't want to continue we're there to remind you of the beautiful vision of what you want and what you can be. And that's what a health coach does. It's that simple. It's, it's that simple. And you know what? Everybody needs a coach because we're all sitting on the bench waiting for our Coaches time need to coaches play. too. And then, yes. You know? Yep. First so, thing I learned. <laughs> tell my brains how to get in contact with you. I want them to work with you. I want them to be encouraged by you to go in and follow you on social media. What's the best way to get in contact with you, uh, Diane? Okay. Anybody can send me an, an, any kind of an email with questions or whatever to uh, Diane at dianeackets.com. Um, you, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I do have a Facebook group um, for, for, it's called uh, the, the blood, Balanced Blood Sugar Solution and um, where it's, you answer a few questions and you can join the group where we talk about, you know, we have recipe exchanges and just talk about different, have different challenges, many challenges during the week and all. And you can find that on my, uh, if you go to my profile page um, on Facebook um, and you can join the free Facebook group. I just put a QR code on there the other day. All you have to do is scan the code and you will be directed to the Facebook group if you're interested in that. Um, you can DM me on Facebook. That's fine. And uh, I do have um, some, a few things coming up. I'm going to be having a one-day workshop coming up. And I will post information on that on my on, my, on social media, various places. And actually, what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about an introduction to macronutrients and how macros are your friend. And they're so much easier to count than calories. They are. And again, you know, count each moment, brains, each moment joy. It's not promised to you. I've got I've got friends that just, you know, talk to my cousin. Laughed about my trip. She warned me about a whole bunch of stuff because she's real scary. She warned me about a bunch of stuff before I left. Came back. They had found her dead. Oh, dear Lord. I'm so, so sorry. You know, yeah, but you know what? Uh, I don't know what anybody's religious doctrine is, but I know that numbers are being called. Okay? Better than a bingo game. They are being called regularly and often. And so while you have this time to enjoy this thing that we call life, Count it all joy and enjoy it and take care of yourself. Absolutely. You yes. take care of your home. You take care of your car. You take care of your shoes. You take care of your spouse. But are you taking care of yourself? 
and we're going to take care of you uh, right here. April, on- I love you for what you do. I love you so much for the service that you are truly Thank served you. from the heart. And I just love that. I love that about you. Thank you so, so much for giving me this opportunity to share some information with you. And Absolutely. You and, you know, and come back, we're going to share your links because this is some serious stuff. And it's happening to little kids. I mean, you know, we're not, it used to be older people, 60 and older. Now, now it is like 12 years old and childhood obesity and all this kind of stuff. The food is killing us brains, but flu, food is a meditation. It should be a joy. It should be a pleasure. So watch it and get out there and move it and groove it. On the end, thank you so much, Diane, for being with me. Brains, go ahead and like, love, share, and subscribe. What? Like, love, share, and subscribe to my page, Diane's page. It costs you nothing but for you to pay attention. Have a good day, Brains. I love you.